Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Let's get right into the Word of God today. Um, uh, just we, We're continuing on in, in our series, The Power of Routine. Someone say the power. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say the power of routine. Yes, routines are important. Routines are, are important. It's important that we understand that there is a place in our lives for holy habits. Amen. Amen. And so some some of the things as we as we have as we are now, some of us are new and some of us have been in a little bit longer than others, but it never, never changes. We all have to uh, 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 practice holy habits for our lives. Amen. It's important that as you begin, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. That's what happens on the inside, but there are some things on the outside. Somebody say on the outside. That we have to begin to put into practice so that we can begin to live the type of life that God intends for us to live. So that we can have the type of things that God intends for us to have. If you're going to experience this life in Jesus Christ, then you must know what it is that he has for you. I don't hear nobody saying nothing to me. Because if you don't know what it is that he has for you, then you will continue living your life beneath your privileges as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. And so last week, as we kicked off this series, The Power of Routine, we talked about the power of the routine of prayer. And we talked about drawing the circle. Somebody say, draw the circle. And we talked about the importance of persistence in prayer. And we begin to activate and ask everyone to get one thing, one thing, just, just one thing, one thing. I know that some of us can come up with a litany of things, but just get just one thing on your mind that you want the Lord to do and be persistent in prayer. And we're going to begin to see the goodness of the Lord uh, uh, happen as it relates to those one things. But today we're going to talk about the importance of the Word of God. As we talk about the power of routine and we talk about, as Sister Sherry Bryant explained, we talk about these four uh, 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 habits that we need to make routines in our lives. We talked about last week prayer. We talk about, we're, t- we're talking about this week the Word of God. And then over the next two weeks, we'll be talking about fasting and we'll be talking about Christ-centered community. But today we're going to be talking about the importance of the Bible. And more specifically, because I think we all know that the Bible is important. This is God's word. It is the written word of God. It is God-breathed, God-verbalized, God-inspired. But I think what we need to really understand is the importance on how to study the Bible. How to study the Bible. A lot of us do, do, do uh, a good job in reading the Bible, or in today's uh, 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 mentality, we listen to the Bible on our Bible app. We've downloaded the Bible on our smartphones, and we listen to it now. I was so proud of my mom. She's going through the Bible in 90 days, and she's, uh, I think she's, she's, Sherry Bryan's going along with, it, with her, and some of, some of us are also reading through the Word of God, and, 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 and she's, she's gotten real advanced. 
<laughs> you know, mama's not on Facebook yet, but she's listening to the Bible on her app. She's downloaded the app and she's listening to the Bible. She's going through her 16 chapters a day, listening to the word of God, getting the, getting the word of God down on the inside in her heart. Can I tell you something? There's nothing wrong with listening to the word of God. That's why they put Bible on cassette, Bible on CD, Bible on DVD. You have MP3s of every verse, every scripture, every book in the Bible. You can get what, what, however, however you choose to get the word on the inside, look at somebody and say, just get it in you. The Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so today we're going to talk about how to study the Bible. And specifically what we're going to deal with is the proper attitude in study. What are you talking about, Pastor Devin? Talking about, yes, you have to have the proper attitude when you approach God's word and when you come to study God's word. Amen? It's Mario's birthday. Hey, Mario. Happy birthday. (laughs) Amen. Let's go to the book of Ezra. Ezra? Yeah, Ezra. (laughs) Ezra. It's in the Old Testament, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, and then you stumble right into Ezra. Ezra chapter 7, I want to I show you one passage of Scripture, chapter 7, verse 10, because I want to show you how important it is to have the proper attitude as it relates to the study of God's Word. Now, tonight, t- today, this morning, I'm going to be really just, listen, get, get your fingers ready or, or, or get your app thumbs together because we're going to go through some Scripture in the Word of God today. It, it, it may be quite a few of them, but we're going to go through because I want you to see this for yourself. I was taught growing up as I was coming up in my grandfather's church, so good to see Mother Mary Fox. Mother Fox, wave your hand, Mother Fox. Amen. Thank God for her. She doesn't get to make it out much, but I'm so thankful. Just, just, just an important woman in my life. Uh, she calls me all the time just to encourage me, and I'm just so thankful for her. Um, but it's important that we have the right attitude. I believe that, that, that it is so important that you not just come to church to hear someone preach to you, but you got to know this word for yourself. See, see, there are a whole lot of places that you can go and people that you'll come to here, they, they want you just to listen to them and let, that, let, let that, that word be that word. But no, 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 no. I want you to know this word for yourself. Know it for yourself. And we're going to look and see how even in Scripture, how, how the Scriptures even admonish that. But let's look at the book of Ezra, the 7th chapter and the 10th verse. I want, there was something that just jumped out at me as I was reading that just blew me away. I'd never seen this before, and I thought this would be a, the perfect launch pad for what we're dealing with today. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. And it says this, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Did y'all catch that? Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. In other words, he prepared his heart just to approach reading God's word. So that means that that there's an importance to the proper attitude as our study. It says, for Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. In other words, he wasn't just going to read it, but he was going to do it. And watch this. And to teach. 
statutes and ordinances in Israel. It's important that as we begin to go through this, and I promise I'm going to try to, because I have a lot to give you here, and then we're going to send you home with some practical applications that we've printed off to make sure that uh, this not that this doesn't just stop or, or, or start and stop here, but it can continue on with you. It's important that you prepare your heart to seek God's word, but not just to seek it, but to do it so that you can teach it. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? It's important that you set your heart right, not just to seek God's word, but to do his word so you can teach his word. So, point number one. Because we have to understand that right methods of study begin with the right attitude. Right methods of study begin with the right attitude. So, point number one, we have to appreciate the importance of study the studying of God's word. We have to appreciate the importance of studying in God's word. Let's flip over to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. See, people must be motivated before they will study any subject. That's, that's just the truth. People have to be motivated before they study any subject. And we as believers, we have all the more reasons uh, that we could study or all the, more, all the reasons that we could possibly need to study the Bible. And, 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 and here's the first of a few that I want to give to you as we note the emphasis of regular or frequent study of God's word. Joshua. Chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Somebody say meditate. Meditate. On it day and night. Oh, that covers it all. Meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, somebody say then. You will make your way prosperous. And then, somebody say then, you will have good success. So how do you become successful in this life? It gives you the perfect formula right here. Meditate on the word of God. It says, this book of the law shall not depart. It means it shall always, it should always be found on your lips, in your mouth. This word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but, shall, but you shall meditate on it. Some of the time. Uh, Just in the morning at 6 a.m. prayer. No, day and night. There's an old old, old R&B song that says, I only think of you on two occasions. Y'all, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let let me get back to my text. (laughs) And that's day and night. This is, this is what the scripture is saying. It says we need to meditate on this word day and hello somebody. That you may observe, not just meditate on it just so that you can be full of all the knowledge in your head, but you must do it so that you can observe to do it. Oh my God today. That you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Are y'all hearing me today? 
Are you hearing the word of God today? Let's flip over to the, to, to the New Testament. The first Peter. First Peter. I told you we're we gonna get some finger licking today. <laughs> Turn them pages. First Peter chapter two, verse two. Listen to what it says. It says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Listen, here's the reason why and the importance why we should appreciate the word of God is because, and here's the first line, because if we can go up on the next slide, I'm getting ahead of myself. The next slide, yes. So, so here's, one, here's, here's, here's point one, point A. We need to study so that we can obey God and to grow in his service. This is the reason why we have to study God's word. We have to study to obey him and to grow in his service. And here's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Just like newborn babes, they desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I remember when Reagan was first born. Many of you know I have two daughters, two amazing daughters. How many, how many dads do I have in the house today? All right, all right. Um, how many, put your hands down, how, how, how many dads of daughters do I have in the house today? Raise your hand, okay, good. All right, put your hand down. Um, how many dads of daughters have allowed their daughters to do very feminine things to them? I mean, be honest. Brian, Brother Jefferson, Linez, I saw your hand, don't, don't be shamed. Tim Quinn, all right, Donald, all right. I don't feel alone in here. This has absolutely nothing to do with my sermon, but I just want to tell you this right now. Yesterday, I felt... Uh, very feminine. Um, I was sitting down at the kitchen table and Kaylin said, Daddy, can I paint your toenails? I said, wait a minute. No, first I'm sorry. She asked to paint my fingernails. I said, well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And then uh, she said, well, let me paint your toenails. I said, okay, we can do that. And she went and got hot pink and sky blue. Every other toe is a different color, and the ones that have the base color, it has the accent color as polka dots. So when they left, I say, baby, talking to Courtney, where's the nail polish remover? And she says, we don't have any. I said, the devil is a lie. Sorry, that has nothing to do with the sermon, but I just felt like I needed to know who else was in, my, was in this category. Thank you, because I know I'm not alone. All right, let me just go back to the Word. Let me also show you something else about the importance of growing in God's Word. Uh, go to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew. Matthew is in the New Testament. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you've got to John, you've gone a little bit too far. But go to Matthew chapter 4. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. It says this. <laughs> It says this, but he answered and said, it is written, this is Jesus, as he's facing all type of temptations from the enemy. After he had fasted, he went out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, getting prepared for ministry before he launched out in the ministry. He, he's combating the devil with the word of God. Can I tell you something? When you are facing the trials of your life, you have to know the word of God because it's only the word of God that is able to allow you to come back the enemy because that is the only thing that will keep him at bay to keep him down. You can try to take your own words. 
but, but your words won't work. You have to learn how to take the word of God to that situation. And he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds or cometh out, proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You have to have this word in you. Not only do we study so that we can obey God and grow in his service, but point number one B is we have to study so that we can avoid error and false teaching. We, we have to study this word so we can avoid error and false teaching. Go back to the book of Hosea. Hosea. I told you, I warned you, so don't be mad at me, but we're going to stay in this book today. Hosea. Chapter 4, verse 6. Somebody already knew it. Well, if you, know, if you got it, go ahead and read it. Loud voice. That people are what? For a lack of knowledge. Now, a lot of times we hear this or we quote this and we say, well, you know, they destroyed because they just didn't know. That's not what this is saying. Because we see, that's why we need to read the Bible in context and know what the full thing says. Continue reading. Because you rejected knowledge. See, knowledge was presented to you, but you rejected it. How many people have ever, and I'm going to come back so she can keep reading. How many people have ever, um, someone has come to you for advice? And you've experienced this situation, so you give them the advice that they're asking for. But when they leave your presence, <laughs> they go and do the direct opposite of what you have just advised them to do. And they find themselves in the same situation. I wish, I thought I was in, at the Purple Church on Woodward. You find yourself in the same situation or they find themselves in the same exact situation that, th that they were in when they first came here in the first place and they end up coming back to you. And you said, but I told you. Not that knowledge was never presented to them. It's because when it was presented, they rejected it. Keep reading. See, because you have not accepted the knowledge that I've given you, matter of fact, you rejected the knowledge that I've given you, I'm going to reject you. Read. From being priests from me, because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Listen, I want to make sure that they hear what not. <laughs> My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Yeah. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. See, this is some heavy stuff here. This is some heavy stuff. If you want to really receive the full benefits of God's word, then you have to do all of God's word. You can't expect to have the benefit of God's word and you're not willing to do all of God's word is, willing, is telling you. Let's go to the book of Acts. Acts in the New Testament. 
just after the four Gospels. So you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you have the book of Acts. Acts chapter 17. I want to show you something here. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 10, and I want you to see this because this is powerful. This is the reason why I feel it's so important for you. Somebody say us. Me. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say you to know God's word for yourself. Look at what it says here. Now, this is talking about ministry in Berea. It's in verse 10, it says of chapter 17, it says, then the Berean, I'm sorry, then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. <laughs> These were more fair-minded than those in Thess Thessalonica, in that they received the word which with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily, watch this, to find out whether these things were so. Did y'all see that? In other words, they, they, they came to church and they listened to what the preacher Paul and Silas was saying. And they received what they were saying with all readiness. But then they went home and they searched the scriptures daily to make sure what Paul and Silas, I'm, I'm talking about Paul. Paul. I mean, Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, Paul, Paul who was knocked off his beast and, and, and was blinded from a light that shined brighter than the noonday sun. I'm talking about Paul who was, who was next to Silas in prison. And, 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 and the Bible says, and at midnight they prayed and sang praises unto God. And then God sent an earthquake and allowed the prison doors to fly open so that they could be free. I'm talking about that Paul. I mean, that's almost like if Billy Graham, Billy Graham, I mean, my goodness, Billy Graham, I mean, who has seen, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people saved. I mean, has preached Christ to probably more people than what our modern history knows. I mean, who, who, who is, what, 99 years old? I mean, Billy Graham, that's like if Billy Graham came here and preached. If Billy Graham came here and preached, we would be like, oh boy, Billy Graham, oh my goodness. But it didn't even matter that it was Paul. Didn't matter that it was Paul, the one who prayed at midnight, the one who, who had a revelation and saw Jesus. Doesn't matter that, 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 that he had this big conversion that happened in his life. I mean, Paul came and preached and it didn't matter that it was Paul. The Bible says that they that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Can I just tell you something? If they had to go and fact check Paul, please fact check me and anybody else that you listen to. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And anybody else that's on your YouTube that you find on social media 
Let me tell you something. You better know this word for yourself. God knows I pray, I study, because I want to be sure that I'm bringing the absolute very, very best to God's people. I don't take this role and this position lightly. But even in all that, I want you to be equipped for yourself. And here's the reason why. Because I'm not with you when that boss is getting on your, getting on you on your job. I'm not with you when you're in the midst of road rage and, 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 and somebody cut you off and you're getting ready to give them a piece of the piece of the mind that you got left because you've already given a whole lot of pieces away before. I'm not with you in those times. But when you have this word on the inside of you and you say, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know that word that says no weapon formed against me will be able to prosper. You know that word that says we are not ignorant of, the, uh, uh, of Satan's devices. You know that word because it's down on the inside that says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know that word that says I can do when somebody is telling you that you can do. You know that word that says I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength and that I'm not going to be there with you but that word will be there with you and if you know the word you know God and you know what God says about you and you know what he's viewing about you and you know what he has planned for you for he says I, my child, I have plans concerning you and their thoughts of peace, not of evil. I want y'all to highlight, circle this verse in your scripture. It says that these people in Berea, they were more wiser or more fair-minded. I like that term, fair-minded. Because though they received the word in readiness... In other words, they didn't have a closed mind. They received the word. Woo, my God, thank you for that word. But yet and still, they were not gullible. They searched the scriptures daily. Can I give you a little bit more? All right, listen, let me give you point one C. Not only must we study so, so that we can obey and grow in his service, not only must, must we study so that we can uh, avoid error and false teaching, but I believe we also have to study so that we can teach others. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. That's back in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. And we're going to start, we're going to go from verse 6 down to verse 9. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Come on, if you're really with me, shout amen. 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 It says, and these words which I command you. Oh, see, it's something about when the word says, these words I command you. Today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently, watch this, parents, get your radars up, to your children. To your children. And shall talk of them when you sit down in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down. And when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. 
and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them down on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. I know we have advanced in technology, and technology is great. I love technology. But there's nothing like taking pen or pencil to paper and writing something down. I mean, that's the reason why when I was a kid, and now I do this to my seven-year-old, when she does something that she has no business doing, I say, I want you to get a pen and a paper, and I want you to write out, I will not <laughs> disrespect mommy again. I will, I, and she has to do it, and mommy used to make us do it a hundred times. I, I remember, like, is that the only number she knows? 100, 100, 100. Our responsibility as parents to teach this to our children. Teach this to our children. I talked to you guys weeks ago about when we were in the series uh, you asked for. We talked about parenting. And we talked about the fact, listen, as great as Children's Church is, as great as Sister Denea is, I mean, she does an amazing job with our children. Our children are learning the Ten Commandments. I'm telling you, Kayleen came home uh, the other week, and the com- we were watching TV after dinner, and the commercial came on about, you know, the new American Idol. And American Idol came on, and, and, and you know, we love watching some good singing shows. And so she was like, eh, we, we, watched, we watched some other shows, but we can't watch that said, wait a minute, who, why? And she says, because one of the Ten Commandments is you should not have any other idols. I said, what? I'm going to have a talk with Miss Denea because she's messing up the family tradition. This is... But as wonderful as children's church is, can I tell you something? They shouldn't be learning all that they know about Jesus from children's church. Uh, that's your children. That, that's your child. You need to be teaching your child what they hear. That should be a reaffirmation, a reaffirming of what they've already heard you teach them. I don't hear nobody saying nothing to me. That's not a substitute for what you're supposed to be doing at home. You give them the word. You teach them in the way that they ought to be going. All right, let me... Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews. That's back in the New Testament. (coughs) Just before the book of James, you have Hebrews. I try to ask this every year. How How many ladies drink coffee? Raise your hand real high, real high, real high. Good, good, good. Listen, you need to come to the altar and repent. Because the Bible says Hebrews. He brews. Not she. It's a bad joke, but I tell it every time. It's all right. (laughs) All right. Hebrews chapter 5, chapter 5, verse 12. Listen to what it says. Is that for though by this time, watch this, you ought to be teachers. (laughs) You ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. My goodness. Some of us really ought to take a self-inventory, a self-check. 
Because some of us have been in church for all, 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 all our life. And we know it because it's been dust over us or it, or it has dusted over us over the years, but it's not, it hasn't really taken root in our hearts because it hasn't produced a different type of behavior. And see, when you go back to what we read in the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10, or verse 11, it says, listen, you got to prepare your heart to seek God's word, to do God's word, so that you can teach God's word. See, you can't miss that middle part. Because if you try, if you seeking just so you can teach somebody, guess what? It's going to come back and bite you because they're going to say, I hear what you're saying, but I'm seeing what you're doing. And what you're saying and what you're doing don't really add up. You got to go in sequential order. Seek his word. Do his word so that you can. I wish I had somebody to preach back to me. You got to seek his word so that you can. So that you can. Let's stay in the New Testament. Let's flip over to the book of. Uh, uh, what do we want to go first? First Timothy or second Timothy? Let, let me go in sequential order. Let me go to First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither, oh my goodness, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. See, that's what happens when you have not fully allowed the word to take root in your heart so that you can begin doing what he commanded you to do. Look at what it says. And I'm sorry if if I'm going fast. I'd have so much to give you. So just write the scripture references down and then go back when you have more time to really dig into it. But listen to what it says. It says, listen, you're desiring to be teachers of the law, but you understand but you, neither do you understand what you say nor the things that you're affirming. In other words, you don't understand the question that they're asking you. Neither do you understand the things that are coming out of your own mouth. Let's go to Second, Second Timothy. Let's see if he's a little lighter than what his first letter to Timothy was. First Timothy 1, 17. First Timothy, I'm sorry, Second Timothy, no, Second Timothy 2 and 2. Second Timothy 2 and 2. Watch what it says. He says, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men. Somebody say faithful men. Faithful men and women. Commit these to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. Can I just say this? Faithfulness does not just mean showing up to church every Sunday. Faithfulness, what he's talking about in this context, faithfulness is faithfulness to the word of God. Faithfulness to the things of God. Faithfulness not just in reading, but in doing. Faithful is not just in hearing, but in application. See, we must move from principle to practice. Yes, yes, yes. It's not enough just to have the theory and you don't have the application. God wants us 
to walk this thing out. Look at somebody and say, walk it out. Walk it out, walk it out. Still on point one, but I'm going to go to point one D. Let me just give this to you, and we're going to move on. We got to study to express love for God and his word. Go to the book of Psalms. Psalms, the first chapter. Psalms is just before the book of Proverbs, and just after the book of Job, or some people who are unemployed like to say job. <laughs> They're looking for a job. Psalms chapter one, verse two. You know, it's hard to jump right into verse two without going to verse one. So allow me just to go to verse one and we just go get to verse two through verse one. Is that all right? It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But <laughs> his delight is in the law of the Lord. In other words, his delight is in this word. And in his law, he meditates. Here comes that, those two times again, both and. Preach it to me, baby. I don't know where you're at, but I hear you. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> we got to meditate on this law both day and night. We got to do it. We got to do it. Let me show you something else. Let's go to the book of John. John is the fourth of the gospels. John chapter 14, verse 15. Watch this. I love this verse. It says, if you love me, Keep my commandments. <laughs> if you love me, keep my commandments. How many people in here ever been in love before? All right, all right, listen. I, I remember, <laughs> Lisa is still in love. <laughs> Go ahead, girl, still in love. All right. Um, imagine back in the day when you, you know, boyfriend had a girlfriend, girlfriend had a boyfriend, all right? But, but they broke up. How many people used to break up like 15 times with the same person? All right, never mind. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jennifer like, yeah, I used to. Uh, <laughs> so the boyfriend and girlfriend, they broke up. They don't want any breaks. You know, they, that's what they do. They take breaks. When you marry, you don't get that. You don't, you don't get afforded that opportunity. But, but they take breaks. And they, they own this break, and, and, and the boyfriend is writing the girl all these love letters. And she don't read them. She receives them. She get them in the mail, but she just let them pile up on the coffee table. My question is, does she really love him? Because when you love somebody, you want to hear all they have to say. Can I tell you something? That's just like this word. This word is God's love letters to us. But so many times we leave the letters on our coffee table. We leave the letters in, in, in our car or in our briefcase or on our desk. And we never take time to open it up to read what the letter is saying to us. And then the question comes back and says, do you really love them? 
I know my granddad used to say, if you can't say amen, say ouch. Because it's tight, but guess what? It's right. This is God's word. This is his love letters to us. This, this book, this book, can I tell you something? This book is about a king and his kids who live in his kingdom. And it's his letters to us so that we can know how to operate and function in this kingdom. Let me move on. Because we have to understand the importance of establishing these holy habits. The, the power of routine is that you have to put these practices into practice. Put these principles into practice. If we studied all the subjects as, as, as negligently as some people study the Bible, we would surely be a people most ignorant. We would certainly be ignorant. But on the other hand, if we would study the Bible as diligently as some people study about sports and about hobbies, we would, be as, we would all be excellent in Bible studies as students. And I just have a question. How important is it to understand the Bible than to understand these secular subjects? I don't know about you, but I'm living this life to live again. I want to know all that I can while I'm here now so that when I get there, man, I can have a full understanding about what this thing is really like. But not only when I get there so I can maximize my time while I'm here. So you really can't, I, you really can't maximize this life experience on earth if you don't really know the truth about what God's word says about you. You got to know. You got to know. Point number two. Let's go to point number two. Next slide. Study with an open mind and truth and, and a love for truth. You have to study with an open mind and a love for truth. Go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It says, blessed are they, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Watch this. For they shall be filled. I told you, oftentimes saying, <clears throat> that the word of God, this is food, but it's different than your natural food. When you eat natural food, now let me pause and say this, because I, I got to put a plug in for what we're going through. We're, we are going through 21 days of prayer and fasting. Can I tell you, this is what fasting looks like. In other words, you won't die. You won't die. You're not going to kill over because you're going through. I mean, I mean, and we're just doing 21 days. Jesus fasted with, with, with I believe, with just water for 40. Moses fasted 40 days. 
different people in the Bible fasted 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> I need to make sure that we put that in there. Because some of y'all were trying to cheat the system. <laughs> Let me stop. All right. But I'm serious. They fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And when they came out, they had power. You cannot expect to have the power of God if you don't refrain or resist yourself from having earthly uh, uh, things. That's what fasting is all about. It is a natural subtraction for a spiritual addition. Said this about natural food. We cannot, see natural food, what natural food does is when I'm hungry and I want to eat, I go and eat. And after I've eaten, I become full. So much so to where if I keep eating, I'll get so full to where I don't want any more food. That's what natural food does. Spiritual food, on the other hand, is completely different. When you read this, you get more hungry for it. And the more hungry for it, the more you want to read it. And the more you read it, the more you get hungry for it. And it becomes to begin to have that continual effect. And it says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for this they shall be filled. Come on, lift those hands right where you sit and say, fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Keep filling, keep filling me, keep filling me. Keep filling us. Come on, just ask the Lord to fill us. Fill you, fill you, fill you. We have to constantly keep being filled. And the reason why we have to constantly keep being filled is because we're constantly leaking. Every single day we leak and we have to ask the Lord to fill us all over again. God, do it for your people today. Do it for your people today, oh God. Let us be full of your presence, your love, your anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stay in the book of Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Hope you're getting these scriptures today. Matthew chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. 13, 14, and 15. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. See, it's important that we keep a burning for God's word and the burning for truth. Can I tell you something? If we do not have a burning desire for truth, God will not force us to accept the truth. If we don't have a burning desire for truth, God's not going to force us to accept it. What do you mean, Pastor Devin? In other words, he will let us be lost. Lost. 
let me show you some. Go to Second uh, Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. That's just before the Timothy books that we were just in. Second Thessalonians, chapter two. I feel like my grandfather. He was a great preacher, but he was a more phenomenal teacher. And he would take us through the book, scripture by scripture, just like this. And I feel, I feel his presence with me. Second, I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 10. Watch this. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. <sighs> My goodness. And some of us will say, well, you know, God, that's just not fair. No, yes, it is because he has given us ample time. <laughs> and he's still giving us ample time to understand the truth and to love the truth of this word. And this word we have to embrace. Let me give you point number three and I'm almost done. Point number three, next slide. We have to respect the Bible as being verbally and infallibly inspired. We have to believe, we have to respect the Bible as being verbally and infallibly inspired. Now, <laughs> I was, when I was a kid, I grew up in, in, in the Church of God in Christ, and just like in the Assemblies of God, which this church is, uh, and we, we ascribe to the 16 fundamental truths of the church, uh, back in the Church of God in Christ, there were the um, statement of faith, and it's pretty much the same exact thing. Um, and one of the things in the statement of faith was, we believe the Bible to be the inspired and only infallible written word of God. And I grew up never, ever questioning uh, what, what was the meaning of the word infallible? I mean, it sounds like a big Bible word. And I, and I, never, I never even questioned, like, what does that mean? And, but, but so this week as I was there, I was like, well, let me find out what infallible means. Can you go to the next slide? I think I have it on my next slide here. Infallible means incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. <laughs> incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. That's what God is. He is incapable of making mistakes and he's incapable of being wrong. And so if God is that way, this word we believe and we respect the fact that God not only uh, 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 is the word made flesh, but he spoke this word and he gave it to men to write this down for our learning, for our teaching, for our instruction, for our reproof and for our correction. Guess what? This word then too is also incapable of making mistakes and incapable of being wrong. Somebody shout amen. 
See, that, that, that's why we can't buy into that lie or the foolishness. Well, you know, when God gave it to man, man made man probably did some things and put some things. No, 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 no. You, you, can't, you can't break God's word. You can't mess up what God is doing. You can't mess. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. It can fall into the wrong person's hand and the wrong person will end up blessing you. It don't matter what, what the case may be, what the situation may be, what, what God intends to get over, God will get over. Can I get somebody to shout amen in this place? You can't mess up God's work. <laughs> you can't mess it up. This, this organism because I like to refer to the church not as an organization, but an organism because the church is alive and thriving. This organism, this, this, this idea, this concept that Jesus left for the first century church to carry on, it's amazing that this, that this business is still going on over 2,000 years later. Apple doesn't have that kind of sustainability. Microsoft doesn't have that kind of sustainability. Silicon Valley doesn't have that, kind, that type of sustainability. God, God, you can't break what God started. You can't break what God began. As a matter of fact, he promised in his word, he that began a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Glory to your name. So we got to believe that the Bible is from God and that the Bible is verbally inspired and that the Bible is infallible. I dare you as parents, start using that word to your children. They'll stop. They'll be like, what? I promise I'm going home and using it today. Let Kayleen get out of line. Kayleen, my word is infallible. She will be, I mean, that's, that's like a strong word. And though I may joke, it can't ascribe to us. Because, and I'll be the first to admit, I make mistakes. And I've been wrong. But God is incapable of making mistakes. He's incapable of being wrong. You know what that means? That means that even the things that you consider errors are correct. My God today, even his, even what you think was a mistake ends up working together for your good. The Bible says that all things work together for the good of them who are called according to his purpose. Can I tell you something? All things are working together for you. Even the bad things are working together for your good. It may not feel good while it's working, but can I tell you something, my brother? It's working for your good. It may not feel good while you're going through it, but keep on going through it because it, it's working together for your good. Slap somebody and say, it's working together for my good. It's working together for my good. Hallelujah. Let me take you to one scripture just to back this up. Second Timothy 3. Second Timothy 3:16 3, 
and 17. Watch this. Get this. All scripture. See, you know, I mean, I just, I just, I, I could just stop right there. I could, because I had to preach all by itself. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. My God. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the reason why we have to get this word on the inside of us. That's, this is the reason why it has to go beyond just you reading the word. It has to go into you studying the word. So that you can be equipped for every good work. Man, this is so good. Let me show you some, one more thing over here. First Thessalonians uh, chapter, First Thessalonians chapter 2. Yep. Chapter 2, verse 13. It says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Can I tell you something? When you choose to believe this word, this word will begin to work in you effectively. Now, the word works, but when you choose to believe, it'll start working in you. I didn't say it. This is what the Bible says. The word works. Period. But now, do you want it to start working in your life? then you have a job to do. You have to choose to believe. Choose to believe. The Bible is infallible. Let me just show you this one thing in the book of Psalms because I thought this was just sweet. It was so sweet, almost like that beating that the, that the uh, Rockets put on the Golden State Warriors last night. It was sweet, wasn't it, Brian? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to mess with him. He shot me a text about how LeBron then went down pretty bad last night. When I woke up this morning, I saw that stuff went down too. Um, so let me just say this. <laughs> I got the mic so I can put the dig in there right now. <laughs> Psalms 119, Psalms 119 and 128. Listen to this, 119 and 128. Psalms 119 and 128, it says, Therefore all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. So that's what you got to do. You have to consider this word for it all to be right in order for it to be at work in your life. Let me move on, and I, and I promise I'm done. Give me five more minutes and I'm bringing this thing to a close. Let me land this plane. The very last point, you have to believe that the Bible can be understood. Very last point, you have to believe that the Bible 
can indeed be understood. Because see, you run into a whole lot of people and they just say, well, I just can't understand the Bible. Then they probably never will. But when you choose to believe that I can in fact understand this, then this word will begin to unfold to you in ways that you never thought that it could unfold and open up in your life. But you have to make a conscious decision to believe that the Bible can be understood. I know, you know, King James and all the King James vernacular can be hard to grasp at times. But that's the reason why we thank God for the translations that were written so that we can understand it in our terms or in our vernacular. Uh, 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 so I encourage, and I tell people this all the time, yeah, you know, I appreciate some of the newer translations. Sometimes they can be a little loose. I'll just be honest. Sometimes they can be a little loose. But when we're talking about Bible study, King James... New King James, American Standard, and the New American Standard. Those really should be um, the, the, and I'll go ahead and just bring in the NIV in there too. Those really should be the ones that you use for Bible study. Now, it's good to always go and look at other translations just to kind of draw some context. And maybe people even open up. Some words are interchanged, and they will help you kind of just see the Scripture in a very expanding way. But really, those are the four to five ones that I would really uh, 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 encourage you to use as you are developing a strong Bible study habit in your life. And then we have some, some sheets, and, I, and, and I, in just a moment, I'll have them begin to pass these out. But let me just show, share this with you. See, some believe that the Bible can be understood only by specially trained preachers or priests, but not by the average person. And that's not true. It's not true. As a result, they approach the Bible, conceive that they will never be able to understand it. And they put forth only a half-hearted effort, and of course, they do not understand but let's go in the scripture because I want to show you something just to encourage. Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Mark is after the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament. Mark chapter 12. Mark is just before you get to the book of Luke. Mark chapter 12, verse 37. If you have it, say amen. Amen. If you need a moment, just say, wait on me. We're about to land a plane, so I want us all to arrive there together. Mark chapter 12, verse 37, it says, Therefore David himself calls him Lord. How is he then his son? Let's flip over back to Acts chapter 17. Let me just build this case of where I'm trying to go. What you have to understand. And we just read this scripture, but we want to read it again just in context. I want to take you through three more scriptures, and then we're going to show and prove this point. We talked about this earlier about how they, the, the, the church there in Berea, or Berean church, it says that these were more fair-minded or open-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word which with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Got that? All right. So now let's go back to the book of Mark chapter 7. We started off in Mark 12, and then we came over to Acts, and now we're going back to Mark chapter 7, verse 14. 
Now, this is Jesus. He, he, he's talking to the multitude. I want you to see what he says. When he had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear me, everyone, and understand. Now, if Jesus is the word made flesh, and he's saying, hear me, everyone hear me, and understand, that means that it is possible for the Bible to be understood. You got that? Let me take it one more place, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy. I think we were just here, but I just want to put an exclamation mark on what we're saying here. Second Timothy chapter, uh, chapter 3. It says that all scripture is given for inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the men of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, if he's saying that this is given to us so that we may be equipped, then we must be able to have the ability and the capacity to understand what it's saying. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants us, his children, to be fully equipped with the word of God. Everyone stand. I'm going to ask our ushers to come, and I want them to, they have... They have handouts. It's, it's, it's just a two-page handout. And these handouts are tools so that everyone can take these various, um, find these various resources to help you be a more effective studier of God's word. And I hope that we have enough for everyone. If, if, if we're running low, Maybe those of you all who are in a household together with someone, you can give your copy to someone else. But I want to make sure that everyone has, has this. It, it, it goes through, you know, cross-referencing, what a concordance is, different translations of the Bible. And it breaks down so that you can understand how to properly use these tools to become a better more avid Bible studier. I want to make sure that everyone is able to get. If you haven't received one, just simply raise your hand. We have some more that you can be served. Listen, I'm committed to us not just starting this year off right, but for us going through this stronger and ending stronger than we did at the end of last year. Amen? How many people want to be better now than they were last year or two years ago? Want to be better. You want to be better. Amen. I want to be better. You can't be better 
continuing to do the same old thing. If the same old thing hasn't worked. But if you truly want to be better, guess what? Start doing something different. Start doing something new. If, I heard someone say this. If you want to get something that you've never had, start doing something that you've never done. Some people are going through the Bible in 90 days. It breaks down to be about 16 chapters a day. Some of us just, we're not there. <laughs> and that's okay. I got two very practical things that you can try. Give you the easy one, and then I'll give you a little one that's a little bit more, I don't know, non-novice. First one is practice reading scripture for roughly three minutes and 45 seconds three times a day. Just break it down in that way. When you do that, in 365 days, for every single day, 365 days, you'll have gone through the Bible in one year. Or you can, they say that if you just read through the Bible for 12 minutes a day, just in a regular speaking voice, regular speaking rhythm, 12 minutes a day, you'll get to that same, same mark through the Bible in one year. got to start somewhere. Start somewhere. And you'll begin to grow in the things of God. And then you can begin adding to your reading some of these study habits that will cause you to grow and mature in the things of God. The power of routine. Start developing holy habits so that you can be full and mature, lacking nothing. If you're here in this place and you say, Pastor Devin, I, man, everything that you said about God's word, I mean, that's, that's pretty powerful. But, I, but, I, but I'm just at a place where I just, I need to know God. That's it's a great place to be at. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.